Welcome everybody to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Rick Secker back with you. I know it's been a few weeks, but it's been a couple of weeks there in Ireland and then boom, wouldn't you know it, got COVID on the way back. So uh, originally I was supposed to air this particular class uh, last week. We were going to go over all the different wonderful things that happened in Ireland and um wasn't able to do that until this week because there was absolutely no way last week that I was going to be uh, doing any sort of class. So, and Tom, thank you very much for the uh, birthday wishes. It is actually my birthday tomorrow. So July 21st, appreciate that. I'll be the big four, eight. I don't know why that one's a, a big number, but it, I guess it is. Um, <coughs> again, excuse my coughing from here from time to time. Um, I will have to do that because I'm not, I tested negative on Monday, but I'm not quite fully recovered with the voice uh, as of yet. So um, looks like a couple of people need to go ahead and um, hit that uh, permissions there on StreamYard. So StreamYard.com slash Facebook, make sure because I otherwise you're showing up as Facebook user on my end. Uh, make sure that setting is is done so that I can see who you are. Um let me pop over here and just take a look real quick. Mary Haygood and uh, and and Tammy, Tammy Harkoff. Okay, and new member to Connect Universe Portal. All right. When <coughs> Ann is in the house. All right, great to see you, Ann. All right. Uh, for those listening to the uh, audio podcast version of this later, please join us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, connecteduniverseportal.com. You can join us for the live interactive class. You get full access to all the travel blogs, uh, of course, the weekly class that we do, monthly Q&A videos, behind-the-scenes sneak peek videos, um, video blogs, all kinds of articles, a lot of great information, uh, connecteduniverseportal.com. All right. So, as you all know, just got back from Ireland. Uh, two of our Connecting Universe Portal members were there, Anne Celine and Jennifer LeBay. So um, had an amazing time. Oh, and uh, and Tammy, a new member uh, to the uh, Connected Universe Portal. Tammy Harkop was also there. So three of our Connected Universe uh, Portal members were there. Uh, had a wonderful time. So what we're going to do for this particular class is kind of break down... Um, it really highlight uh, some of the different locations that we went to. I don't know how much of this I'm going to be able to get in. Um, I was trying to get it all together last night and today, and there's so much stuff. I did take some clips from the travel blogs that are posted out there on the Connected Universe portal. Um, and like I said, we'll see how much of this we can actually get done. Uh, but there are some things that I do want to specifically get to um, that I thought were extremely interesting while we were out there. And again, please excuse my voice. All right. So day one, we flew in. Um, really, a lot of people kind of had a day there to themselves. I know some people came in a couple days early, um, but like um, spent some time in Temple Bar, the Leprechaun Museum, all that stuff kind of, you know, on our own. But day one of the official tour, we started right off the bat with Hellfire Club. Fascinating location. I was so excited to get up to this place. I took the shortcut straight up the hill. It was totally winded. If you watch a travel blog, I'm totally out of breath. It's kind of funny. Um, but this is, okay, this has its roots and originates back in the old Hellfire Club out of the UK. Um, you're, you're talking uh, government officials that came up here in 
it was one of those secret societies that, yeah, they did all their wheelings and dealings and then had all this sexual depravity and crazy parties and things like that. It was actually built as an old hunting lodge. And um, like I said, they, they kind of came up and, and did their things. I'm going to let myself kind of tell you about it here for the next minute and a half. Of course, everybody wants to know about all of the ritualistic practices that happen in here. And really, it's all speculation. We don't know anything for sure. But the story goes that within this building, these different politicians and influential people would meet here. This is a hunting lodge, you know, way atop the city. A lot uh, longer to get here back in the day. But they would meet here and they would wheel and deal, convene, have these different ritualistic practices to seal those deals. Stories of animal sacrifice, human sacrifice, and I don't know about that, but as far as like the sexual rituals and things like that, those are said to have happened here as well. So like, you know, some, some dark magic sort of things. Welcome to Hellfire. Of course, a place like this, you can really see is like a seat of power. You know, if you're making those deals and uh, putting the, the wheels into motion of what's going to happen down there. You're overlooking the city and you're setting into place uh, those, those policies, those machinations of what you're going to set forth um, as far as the political scheme of of the territory. You can see the whole thing right here. You can imagine those guys saying, well, you know, we're gonna set this in place and that in place right down there to see the power. Yeah, and I thought that was fascinating from, from up there, you can look out over all of Dublin to the sea. Um, just absolutely amazing view. So, you know, the idea that you're Look, I, I called it a seat of power. You're you're standing there on top of the hill, looking over this area that you that you rule essentially, and you're kind of pointing out this is going to happen, that's going to happen. We're going to do this right down there now. <coughs> one of the interesting things about this location, okay, it was built as an old hunting lodge, but it was built on the top of an old stone cairn. So we're talking about an old tomb. And these cairns, you know, they were they were made of stone. So you had the, the tomb, and then they put the the um, stones into certain formations on on top of the tomb. So uh, when it was built, they removed those stones and used those stones as part of the construction of the Hellfire Club building. So you've desecrated a tomb, and and I understand why the tomb is is there. You know, it's a beautiful, majestic place to look out over the land from from up there. So you desecrate this tomb build your building or at least you know in the within the construction some of the the blocks are from that tomb and then you're doing all these different um you know occult practices <coughs> up there over top of the tomb um yeah it's not a good mixture so it's considered a very very dark location so here's another another photo from that um don't want to linger too long on this because again we have a lot of area to cover um, but this is considered a very, very haunted location there, um, in Ireland. Um, you know, a, a lot of people can see, consider it one of the more seedier places to go. It was where we went right off the bat. Um, and 
you, you have the run of the place, you know, you walk all, all through there. Um, but what was even more fascinating to me, and I know it was for some other people as well, were the, we basically called it the fairy woods, right? Where uh, just the beautiful, majestic woods back behind the Hellfire Club and, you know, others saw it going up. I didn't because I came like straight up the front and I got to see it on the way back down. And we almost got lost there for a little while. But um, this is like one of my favorite photos from the entire tour. And I took this day one um, going through those woods. And a lot of people that I've shared this with have been like, oh my gosh, it's like you know something out of a magazine or whatever. I don't know about that. But it's um, to me, this is just screams Ireland. This is a fairy forest you know the fairy woods and uh, just absolutely beautiful so i have another clip to to play for this one as well and so i hope those that uh you know that were on the tour with us uh that are down there in the chat or you know really enjoy kind of this run through our tour again all right we're headed down the creepy dark oh my god that is freaking dark holy <laughs> shit <laughs> <Don't be afraid. laughs> it's like you weren't kidding Hey, Jen, where is my golden arm? I hope they weren't lying. That could be a lie. Oh, come on. I mean, how bad can it be? Come on, Nikki. We're in a group. We're Actually, in a group. the, the Wookalars are going to get us. Anybody remember what a Wookalar is? No. No. Oh, my gosh. The plane disrupts it, but we're still enjoying the path. And we have yet another amazing path to get lost down. No. Well, because then you'll find yourself in the fairy realm. And when you come back out, that is when you will find it to be 125 years later. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we heard of that group that got lost in the woods years ago. It was an urban legend. Yeah, and, and that's one of those legends about the fairies is that, you know, they take you into their realm and you come out on the other side like years and years later, uh, people reappearing decades or 100 years, you know, kind of Rip Van Winkle-ish, right? Um, those are some of the different fairy legends. And as we were walking through the woods, we were kind of throwing some of those ideas out there. So um, Sarah had asked, um, you know, was there an altar? Did the locations of the room seem to have a specific configuration that's alluded to using certain types of power? No, there was no altar. Um, there's nothing like that there. Um, I mean, they were just empty rooms with, um, with fireplaces. Uh, you had the, and I'll show the, the photo again here, um, of, you can see the, uh, the cutouts there. So you can imagine like tall candles here to illuminate the room. You can see the fireplace there off on the side. And that was basically the configuration of, of most of the rooms. Um, you can check out my my photos on uh, on Instagram and, and Facebook as well, and of course the um, the travel blog that's there on the Connect Universe portal uh, will have you know, more of those uh, more of a walkthrough you know, of the whole building. Uh, but yeah, there was there wasn't like an altar or anything like that uh, set up within there. <coughs> so also on day one, now this was our first 
test with the with the dowsing rods. We'll get into the dowsing rods a little bit here because uh, this, at least for me, turned out to be kind of an important part of the trip. Uh, we went to Moore, Moore High Cross, which was at this um, abandoned little abbey. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about like nooks and crannies and things kind of tucked away in the little locations. There's all these little abandoned uh, ruined buildings kind of scattered all over the countryside, which was just it's absolutely charming. You have all this green growing over it and then this abandoned building. Absolutely love it. Um, but this is more high cross. Um, a lot of, of course, Christian iconography on there. One of the things I tried to point out about this is, um, sure, you have all the Christian symbolism on it, but you have one of the oldest symbols in the world at the very top, uh, which is the the solar disk, the sun symbol, which, you know, you can uh, take that back to Mithraism, which um, uh, Christianity pulls a lot of their, um, you know, like Christmas comes out of the Mithraism and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, the dates that they lined up with the different holidays. And then, um, of course, ancient Egypt, you had this, you know, the sun disc worship. So a very old iconography there, along with all the Christian symbolism, uh, which is interesting. But um, what I found interesting about this is it's made out of granite. This was the only piece of granite in the whole area, in the whole complex, this thing. And so, of course, with what we've learned about, um, you know, Egypt over the years, and we've covered that, uh, you know, in, in our other classes, what did they make? I mean, this thing with how tall it is, it's kind of acting like an obelisk, um, you know, totally made of granite. It's, you know, stuck in the ground, sticking straight up. And so, you know, we have a lot of ideas about how, uh, you know, ancient Egyptians would use those obelisks for, um, you know, tapping into the earth energy and, and charging them up. And so what do we do? Well, let's see if there is an energy associated with that. And so we had um, a couple different people try the dowsing rods, and I have a clip here with Melissa doing so. That's totally fine. So they're going to the left? You're going to Eddie. You're going to Eddie. All right, very successful test here with the dowsing rods. Uh, every time anybody got close to the monument, which is made of granite with the rods, uh, we got a reaction, which you should expect since it's made of 55% uh, quartz granite being a conductor of electricity. So the same principle applies in ancient Egypt as it does here in Ireland. Another connection. Okay, so that was our first test with the rods and I'm in the middle of taking them out of the, the package here. So when um, we did Brian Cano's um, event here uh, a few weeks back before I did the Ireland thing, we were using the, the rods uh, here. And so there was a, you know, a little discussion about, you know, how reliable uh, they actually are. There is some, um, within the paranormal community, there is some, I almost want to say disdain for using the rods. Now these are free floating. So you can kind of see, I'm trying to show you here that, um, like this piece here, the handle spins. So there's no way for me to, you know, manipulate other than with inertia, right? So kind of moving my body, uh, to make that happen. I can't 
Like if I put my thumbs on top of here, then I could move it with my thumbs. But the I just whacked myself. But the fact that they're free floating like that uh, makes it so that they're less easily to be manipulated. So I, I bring that up because um, we do a couple more things with the rods here in some of these different videos. Um, as long as you're keeping your body steady, okay, um, then you're going to get a more accurate reading. Now, aside from the whole uh, way people try to use them within the paranormal community, like people try to use them for like uh, spirit communication, you know, if you're here, cross the rod sort of thing. I, I don't do that. Um, I do it for uh, detecting different shifts in energy, which is what um, is really kind of the conventional use for them is. So, you know, even today, surveyors will use rods for you know trying to find pipes in the ground or uh, for trying to find water in the ground and things like that. Uh, there are very practical purposes for using even my even my dad, who doesn't believe in any of this stuff. Um, years ago, one time, he had to find an old drain in my grandparents' backyard that was buried under the earth somewhere. And he didn't know how he was going to find it, but he had heard about using dowsing rods. So he got a couple of copper coat hangers, bent them out the right way, and sure enough, found the drain in the backyard. <laughs> so uh, there's very practical purposes uh, for using this. <clears throat> and so the way I use the rods is for detecting shifts in energy. So this was our first kind of example of that. As we got close to that cross, the rods would move. Now, in that particular instance, they moved toward Eddie, our bus driver, which Eddie was amazing. The best bus driver in the freaking world. If you ever go to Ireland, look up Eddie Doyle. You want him as your driver. Um, so we're going to see things that happen with the rods here a, a few more times along the way. But I just wanted to you know, kind of segue into that a little bit here for a moment. Um, so uh, following that, we hit a series of uh, different castles. And so I'm not going to show clips from all the castles. In fact, I don't have any from Rock of Cashel um, because I was a, a little <coughs> um, I was a little hungover that morning. Uh, we had a good time at the Hayes Hotel <laughs> um, the uh, the previous evening. In fact, um, woke up the next morning. Um, my my alarm was going off, and it was four minutes past the time that I was supposed to be down at the bus. Um, kind of ran out of the hotel. And we were leaving that hotel that evening. Forgot my clothes in the room. Uh, so uh, Eddie, the amazing bus driver I mentioned, uh, went back and got them while we were at Rocket Cashel. So uh, good on Eddie. I absolutely appreciate him. So uh, this is, as mentioned, we did three castles in one day, but this is not technically a castle. It's a monastery. Uh, it just kind of looks like a castle. Uh, absolutely fascinating location. Of course, there's the Legend of the Devil's Bit. We've talked about in... Uh, in previous classes, so I won't get uh, too much into into that, but um, definitely one of those have to go to locations uh, while you're there in Ireland. So, like I said, I won't get too deep into that one. Uh, Care Castle <coughs> looks like Cahir Castle, but it's pronounced Care. Uh, I have a little video clip on that one, so you guys can get a. Um, uh, an example of this. All right, so we had the keep, the well tower, another keep. I don't remember the name of this building, <laughs> but we're going up it. Oh, but the staircase here, they're saying that they have that time seen the apparition of a woman, the whole woman in white story, up here. 
see the woman in white standing right there. <laughs> so around the building, there are a couple cannonballs actually lodged into the side. One is inside, but there's, if I could point my finger the right, and I can't, it's right there. There we go. Cannonball. <laughs> Okay, so that was Carrow Castle, uh, which was very cool. Um, I enjoyed kind of exploring that one. And a lot of these places, I really wish we had more time. Um, so, like, we, we got the guided tour of Carrow Castle, and then um, we got a little bit of time on our own. And then, you know, it was lunch and we had to go. Uh, but this next one kind of like takes the cake in that category. And that was Blarney Castle. Um, Blarney, I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, you, you hear about, you know, kissing the Blarney stone, um, you know, which, which I did. You know, there's there's me kissing the Blarney stone. But this, it, it is more than just the castle. And exploring the castle is very, very cool. But the grounds have so much going on that I really had no idea. It's like I, I knew there was a stone circle near there. Uh, when we, when we have covered this, you know, prior to the uh, to the tour, when we were kind of doing like ancient mysteries of Ireland and what's going to be there when we go and et cetera, and I mentioned okay, you know, the stone circle near the near Blarney, and and there it is, the what they call the Seven Sisters, but there's so much more going on with the grounds. It is just absolutely beautiful. Um, really, was not expecting. Uh, what all was there and we did not have enough time to cover it all we were there for a couple of hours and we just kind of like really scratched the surface um i saw photos coming from other people within the group that's like where in the world did you find that so if, if um yeah jen is saying we need ireland trip part two i don't know if if ann is still down there um she had she took photos of these um it was these gypsy caravan carriages which was like where in the heck were those so let me play the uh, clip here and I have a couple more photos from Blarney. Um, we really needed more time there for sure. Okay, story goes that this is an ancient Druid circle, stone circle, and two of the king's sons had fallen in battle. So he ordered a uh, contingent of his men to come out here. There were nine standing stones and he ordered them to knock them over. So now there's only seven stones. They call them the Seven Sisters now. Okay, just to give you guys a little perspective here. That, look how big that is, okay? This, this is me, full size. These things are huge. I haven't even gotten to the castle yet. And just, you got stuff like this. The, the gardens here and the grounds, absolutely amazing. You could really do a whole day here. Um, we don't even have a couple hours. But we're going to try to do our best here and see what is around. I haven't got to the castle yet. Yeah, so that's just the grounds. You didn't see any of the castle in that clip at all. Um, and if you've watched the travel blogs, you know what I mean. There's a lot to the grounds that I didn't even include in that little bit. And um, yeah, Sarah saying the uh, landscape is amazing. It is so, um, okay, and it's still down there. Where did you find those gypsy carriages? Because uh, whenever we go back, I mean, there's another island trip is going to happen. Um, Blarney's going to happen again. I need to find those. Those things were cool. It was like, it's like 
did they use these in Peaky Blinders? <laughs> Those were really cool. Um, and, and Anne says in her blog, she called Blarney the crown jewel. It really was. I, I really, really enjoyed Blarney and, and really needed more time there. Um, so this is at the top of the castle. Um, you know, along the way, as you're going up to uh, kiss the stone, uh, there are some different rooms that you can uh, you can kind of view and investigate and kind of check out a little bit. But um, on, on the way down, you you get, you know, a bit more of that. So, you know, it's not just up to the top of the castle, kiss the stone and you're done. There are other places to kind of explore. And <clears throat> this was kind of a good photo of me uh, that that Jen took. So I appreciate that um, within Blarney Castle. So definitely, um, Blarney's a must. It's, um, absolutely beautiful there. You know, the, you know, they give like times, like estimated times, like, um, like what is it? The walk around, uh, the lake is like an hour and a half, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then others, um, and I think it was your sister Lynn had, had found the, um, the, the poison, bushes or whatever it was the uh yeah there was so much other stuff there that we didn't um that we did not encounter so okay that's blarney Whew. i really want to go back now <laughs> um if i can get rid of this coughing so following day uh we started off at charles fort um i don't think i have a video associated with this no um yeah, I'm not going to go too deep on the Charles Fort, but what's interesting here, and watch the travel blog, um, is that you get two doses of the same story, which is of the Lady in White that's there. Now, of course, a lot of haunted places have the Lady in White story, uh, but I included both versions, the one that I told on the bus and the version that um, the guide told us here at Charles Fort to kind of show you how that there are differences in over time and how stories will change. And we covered that um, our very last class before we went to Ireland. We did the whole um, history and the paranormal working relationship where we got into like urban legends and where the stories come from and how things changed over time, uh, which we saw uh, quite a bit in a lot of those stories, how things really, really got changed up. In the retelling of the woman in white story at Charles, there are some subtle differences. Like, um, again, in the story that I had told and in the research that I had done and what I had found was that they were uh, supposed to be getting married. They were engaged. Well, in the story that she told there at the fort, which is, you know, right from the horse's mouth, so I'm going to go with that one as being accurate, um, they were already married. Um, in the one, um, you know, he was... He was shot by the commander of the other one. He was uh, pierced in the gut by a bayonet, different things like that. Now, what is interesting here is that <coughs> um, recently in a cave down uh, from the bluff of the old fort, they have found two skeletons. And so people wonder if they are actually related to, you know, is, is this... Um, you know, the two jilted lovers are, are these the, uh, the, or the, the two that had committed suicide, which actually would have been the, the father and the daughter. Um, you know, where is that where they were left sort of thing? So we, they don't know. 
uh, the, the, the bodies have not been identified, but it plays right into the story of the woman in white there. All right. From there, we got to see Eddie's uh, bus magic, trying to get out of uh, Balinacariga, uh, this particular castle. We didn't get a lot of time here, and we couldn't get inside of it anyways, uh, but it was a cool little castle on the top of this hill. A wonderful stone bridge. You see these beautiful stone bridges all over the place. God, I absolutely love this place. Uh, all of Ireland, I mean. And um, what's interesting about this particular castle, this was kind of a hit and run, kind of on, on our way to Drombeg, is the um, the fertility symbol. And I can't remember the, uh, the girl's name. Uh, Jen, you might remember, because I know you said that you had done something with this years ago, didn't even realize it was related to all of this, um, this particular iconography. Uh, but it's, it basically is a fertility symbol. Uh, and that was there. Okay, Sheila Nagag. So there we go, Sheila Nagag. Thank you. Um, and that is the symbol there on the side of the castle. <coughs> so there was also supposed to be, um, Maria had mentioned there being a trickster type of a... Um, entity there. I think it was a puka. Of course, we never saw or witnessed any of that. Um, I saw a comment down here from Anne. Um, the poison garden. Yeah, Lynn had found the poison garden, which was one of her favorites. Yeah, and we never got to see the poison garden. So it was like, where was that at, at Blarney? So there was so much to go see. So you need probably a full day there. Half day would have been okay. We got like two hours there. Um, and Tom asking, uh, why do you need to bend backwards to kiss the stone? Because that's, you're basically sliding under the, um, <coughs> the battlement. Um, th this is the only way to get to it. And you do feel like you're about to slide right off the castle. <laughs> it's like no joke. Like, oh, okay, well, how far back do I need to go? It's, it's actually a ways back there. It's kind of startling because you think you're about to slide right off the castle. I mean, there you got a hold of you and you're holding on to those bars. But there's a moment there where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to slide right through this thing. Um, okay. Sheila Nagig. Okay, cool. So, all right. That was Bali Nakarig. And yeah, to get back out of there, like Eddie had to just drive the bus in reverse. Oh my gosh, his, his driving. When we went up to Drombeg, because, okay, to get out of Ballinacuri, he had to back up all the way, and then they get up to Drombeg. We were making others drive in reverse to get up there, and that was our next place, was Drombeg Stone Circle, which was one of my favorites. <coughs> and I know this was also a real favorite of Anne's friend, uh, Natalie, who was with us. Um, and just look at the, the look at the beauty of the countryside there. Um, so you've got this amazing stone circle on the top of the hill you get this beautiful countryside and then the water beyond it's just you talk about amazing and so we've talked about drawn bed quite a bit here uh on connecting the universe so i don't want to get into too many details uh, i'm gonna i do have a video to play but to kind of give you an idea of um you know of what it looks like here this is through the portal stones to the axial stone um, and I'm going to talk, we're going to talk some more about the, the, uh, the rods here in just a moment, but let me go ahead and play the video clip here. Actually, the, they call them the portal stones. So on the winter solstice at sunset, when you look right through here, you see the setting sun. 
So we're originally, they believe, uh, originally 17 stones, there's only 13 now. You can kind of hear, when you step into the middle of the circle, you can kind of hear a bit of an echo, which is interesting. And that's, you know, the resonance off the stone is your uh, projecting, but that would kind of enhance. Okay so, that, okay, so that's the stone circle. And as I just got done explaining to everybody with draw bag, uh, the axial circle, originally they believe 17 stones, only 13 now. You got the two portal stones at the front. Come up to the axial stone, uh, which a lot of circles in Ireland are axial. So that's to the southwest. And during the winter solstice, you look through the two portal stones to the axial stone, and then you see the, uh, the setting sun. So it is a ritual site. We have found uh, remnants of rituals from the past here. So they just don't know exactly what they did during the ritual. So I guess they don't exactly know what they were for. And I guess I that too. Uh, but you definitely feel an energy inside. Uh, you have these large stones that have uh, high quartz content. When you stand in the middle, you can hear an echo. Um, so it's very, very interesting. Okay, and that was the only time the whole trip that I actually wore my Explorer hat that I wore in Egypt. <laughs> um, and the other days just didn't really call for it, but I, I wanted to there for Drombeck. Um, Sarah kind of poked fun at me a little bit for having all the uh, different change of, of clothes and the different jackets and stuff. But it was like the weather kept changing. So it's like sometimes I was wearing the, um, the rain jacket. Other times it was the you know big leather jacket. Most times it was the little denim one. But um, okay, so they're at Drombeg. So a couple of the interesting things. I mentioned the echo that was there. And so that's basically... When, right when you stand right dead in the center of the uh, circle, you hear when you just talk, um, you hear the resonance coming back to you on the stones. Now, they believe there are originally 17 stones and there's only 13 now. So four of the stones are actually missing. And of course, the stones are weathered down and they're smaller now than they used to be. So imagine this thing in its height and its glory where you had all the stones and they were big and massive. Um the amount of resonance that would have been right within the middle of that circle. Now they're doing, they're there doing rituals. Um, they're, they're doing their chants and, you know, things like that. And imagine the reverberation coming back to them off of those stones. Um, you know, we talk about entering into altered states of consciousness uh, and things like that. I mean, they absolutely would have been happening right then and there, uh, whether they're using it for, you know, we talk about sound healing uh, where you can, you know, tune things to a certain pitch and actually and heal people through sound. That That is a legitimate thing, um, you know, or um, entering into altered states. People talk about the idea of opening up portals, portals and stargates and things like that. That's also possible. Um, and there is, you know, absolute evidence that there, there were rituals that were performed there at Drombeg. So um, I just can only imagine in a Titan's glory how, you know, how big those would have been. So one thing I also did try there, <clears throat> I had forgotten my rods, but Anne had hers, um, was the rods there in the middle of the circle. So basically what the rods ended up doing was as I stood there in the middle of the circle, and if I can do this without smacking my microphone too much, when I uh, stood there in the middle, they spun around like that. And yes, I'm manipulating it here because I'm trying to show you this. Spun around like that for a little bit. And then they just, boom, went straight out to the sides, which basically told me was, okay, it had detected an energy source all around and then deduced that 
It's coming from the outside. And keep that in mind because it happens again later. But um, and to, to me, the rods are very, very interesting there. So in the middle of Drombeg, where you're getting that you know pure resonance off the stones, the rods circled around and then boom, went directly outside, basically pointing at the stones. Okay. So we got 20 minutes left for the whole rest of our tour. Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> All right. So that's Drombeg. Um, next really cool place next morning, uh, Temple Michael. This was a really, really cool place just to like uh, climb around and explore. This was, you want to talk about a hidden gem. Um, this was an add-in to our tour. So a, a number of our original locations, we uh, we had to reschedule because COVID either, you know, places shut down, hadn't reopened, decided to close for renovations, changed their rules, whatever it was. A uh, number of places we, that we originally planned, we couldn't get to. So this was an add-in and it was amazing. So this is the church built in 1823, but built on the uh, site of an older church. And then beyond that was the actual castle itself, which dates back to the 12th century and um, was supposed to have been used as a Templar stronghold. Um, this was a very, very cool location. Um, there are all kinds of like little hidden places around that. You know, my first walkthrough, um, I kind of did it alone and missed like half the place. Um, and this is kind of looking straight up from the stairs, you know, so many other rooms and things we couldn't get to up there. I'll go ahead and play the video for this. This was, um, this was a, a favorite of mine just because of how cool. I mean, we had the whole place to ourselves. We could climb over everything. Um, it was, it was pretty dang awesome. All right. Temple Michael Castle. Not much of it left. But, uh, yeah, 12th century is what it dates back to. And uh, they say at one point it was a Templar stronghold. Very, very cool. Take a look inside real quick. This is, uh, say, a little dangerous. Good find. I did not see this when I was out here earlier. This Rapunzel's tower? <laughs> Very short Rapunzel. <laughs> yeah, there's more down there. <laughs> keeps going and going. It keeps going and going. Now watch how you get down to that walkway and see the tower from down there. There's Anne. You are now part of the video blog. Hello. Say hello to the Connected Universe portal. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool, huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> and this place just keeps going and going. So we found a little tower off to the side there. It actually overlooks the water. This is some other side building, which has two chambers, plenty of windows that are all overgrown with ivy um, a little graffiti but not too terrible and then you know the other chamber back in here oh, this place is freaking amazing again another one that I could just like soak in forever 
All right, a couple of questions here. Yeah, that was Temple Michael. Amazing. And um, Anna saying Temple Michael is most was the most spiritual scene for majority of our group. Yeah, a, a lot of people. You know, it was kind of like one of those that uh, was amazing. And because there are so many other amazing places that we went to and things that happened that almost forgot about. But when we were doing kind of the roundtable at the end, um, it was Vicky who who mentioned uh, Temple Michael when Maria was asking, what was your favorite place? And I had mentioned Blarney. Um, but Vicky threw it out there. I was like, oh, yeah, Temple Michael was freaking awesome. Um, Sarah asked up here, uh, where the stones tuned to a particular key. Thank you for asking because um, because of everything that happened with the rods, I almost forget that, yes, I did do some tests with the, right here, the chromatic tuner. Um, I did try that, and I got the key of F. So um, I couldn't really try it extensively there because there were actually a lot of people at Drogbeg. And the voices get too loud, that, that mixed environment like that. Um, it'll start contaminating the tuner. So, but um, the little bit that I did do, it was uh, key of F. I would rather spend some more time there because we, we talk about how the earth is tuned to the key of F sharp, uh, pyramids tuned to the key of F sharp. I would like to go back and do a little bit more extensive testing to see if maybe it wasn't F sharp and it, because of the circumstances at the time, it wasn't quite getting from F to F sharp. So, um, but thank you for asking that one. Tom is asking, uh, did you see the Heather fields? We saw there was Heather, uh, quite a, there were quite a bit of Heather around, but I don't know if we actually saw like whole giant fields of it, um, but it definitely wasn't around. Um, and also concerning Temple Michael, he had the same, uh, had other psychics look at some of the photos without context and they said they could feel uh, something strong in the photos. Yeah, and Temple Michael had a lot going on, but between both locations, the um, the castle and the church, there's definitely a lot going on. Um, and Nan said she did see a hillside full of Heather. Cool. Okay. Because I missed it. Well, I mean, there was definitely Heather around. I know some of the photos people were taking kind of like in the Heather in the front with the building in the background and stuff like that. Um, I think by the end, we were all trying to one up each other on the photos. <coughs> it's like, um, you know, because we had uh, Melissa was th that was there. She's like a professional photographer. And I think we were all trying to like, let's see if we can take them as good as, as Melissa. So it kind of inspired us with our photography, which was awesome. Okay, so that's Temple Michael. Um, so um, was not the same day, but then there's uh, Grange Stone Circle. If I could get to the uh, the photos here, and so this one, um, <coughs> another one that that people uh, really connected with, um, and, I, and I found it interesting how you know some people are around for the paranormal stuff, some people are around for uh, more things like the stone circles. Some people were just there to tour. Uh, others kind of wanted a whole mix. Uh, so it was kind of interesting. Um, but I know some of the stone circle locations, um, some people really tuned in with. I know uh, Jen had an interesting meditation session there. Um, I know Natalie was really into everything going out with the circles. Um, and you had mentioned the uh, the feelings you're, you're showing me where in the back here, um, uh, it was, this is the entrance, uh, from the Southeast that to the left here, people were getting like a warm spot and it was a cold day and windy and people were getting a warm spot there off to the, uh, off to the left. So, but this is actually the biggest stone circle in Ireland. Kind of hard to get it all in, uh, in one photo, 
I tried my, I tried my best here, I think, with this one. Um, it's kind of hard to see it, but uh, let me go ahead and, and throw you the video for uh, for this one. Another aspect of this is kind of interesting to me is that this is an earthwork. This is an actual hinge, which a hinge is supposed to be earth. You can have a wood hinge, stone hinge, right? And basically it's built up circular structure. So we're standing on, okay, like uh, Great Circle Earthworks in Newark, Ohio is built up like this in a giant circle just without the stones around it. So interesting connection back to what we call the Hopewell people in Ohio. It's just the Hopewell didn't put the stones in there. So it's kind of, you know, you make those connections around the world from one civilization to another. And somehow, some way, they were in ancient times connected. You know, how did, you know, these lost people that we have no idea who they were in Ohio do essentially the same thing, just without the stones, as the Druids were out here in Ireland? And stuff like that is just absolutely fascinating to me. Somehow, some way, they were all connected. Yeah, that one kind of, um, it, it just hit me as I was walking along that embankment that it's like, wait a second, this whole thing is built up. This is actually, this is not just a stone circle, like Drombeg. Drombeg's not a, a hinge. It's just a stone circle. You, know, you walk onto the field and the stones are sticking straight up. But Grange is actually a hinge. Um, it's, it's, and stone hinge is not, so go figure that. <laughs> um, technically. Because the uh, uh, its ditch runs outside rather than inside, so it's kind of small technicality. But um, so I found that interesting about Grange and kind of looking at it, it's like this is a smaller version of what we see with Great Circle Earthworks in Newark, Ohio. Now the one in Newark is huge, and it also um, adds in the stones, of course, here in Ireland. But you can see kind of the similar construction there with the actual uh, earthwork part of it. So it's like, how in the world are those you know, Druids in Ireland connected to what we call the Hopewell uh, culture in, in America? Where is, there's some sort of connection there, obviously, because you see similar type of construction. So stuff like that just amazed me. Now, again, tried the rods in the middle. And I do see some comments down here uh, Jenna's saying she felt something on her uh, thigh when she meditated, like a hand. And then, yeah, Anne is confirming the uh, the warm spots that were there on a cold, blustery day. Um, but again, I did try the uh, the rods there, did the exact same thing in the middle of Grangestone Circle as it did at Drombeg, where it spun around for a moment and then, boom, directly out to the side. So again, uh, kind of telling me there that um, you know, it, it found, it found energy all around, swirling around. It had to kind of tune in. Where's it coming from? Boom, directly outside at the, uh, at the stones. So, okay. We're going to about 10 minutes here for, you know, two of the biggest places that we visited, uh, on the trip. And we did them both on the same day, Charleville. Um, this was 
okay, a lot of the castles that we visited um, were were ruins. You know, we were kind of walking around through, you know, crumbled stone and um, there's no roofs or anything. Charleville is is furnished. It is beautiful inside. It's like, all right, we're in a castle now. We're in, you know, medieval times. <clears throat> this is actually not a medieval castle. It was built in the 1700s, which is probably why it's still standing. But the uh, the the architects were masons, and that really plays into a lot of what's going on here. And again, I wish we had more time. <laughs> it's like we got the guided tour, we had a little bit of time, and then um, and then we had to jet. So, but I mean, you can see here, it's just it's absolutely beautiful. And um, the two areas of interest are the towers. So there's the red room in the um in the tower here to the left and then there's the uh, freemason's room off to the tower on the uh, on the right so this is the <coughs> what be called the the mason's room uh, where they kind of hung out at so and this was supposed to be like a men's only room so i guess women have had uh some some issues here but the uh the test that i want to do and is again using the rods okay so there's something that's supposed to be interesting about these two towers in some way that they are connected to each other. So fine. And, and these are supposed to be built by masons. So let's take the rods and see what happens, if anything, because there are these different claims. So here, here's the video. What are you doing? So what did you determine the directions for? East-West. East-West. So one is pointing west, the other is pointing north. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that tells us the alignment of this room. So you're seeing duality built into the building, uh, kind of all as above, so below. So two towers, they're built opposite of each other. Um, yeah, kind of cool that they're, the rods are basically pointing at each other from each of the towers. 
but you can see the the opposite energy within the construction so in in the one uh in the red room it was to the uh to the west and to the north and then from the uh from the other tower it was to the east and to the south so um opposite alignments with them both pointing at each other um and then samantha she was doing the pendulum there and showing that within the uh this room the uh the mason's room that it was uh going counterclockwise in the red room it spins clockwise so again kind of showing there that you have this opposite um opposite energies between the two towers and another thing that she pointed out um okay this is the original flooring uh if you look down there in the entrance hall and i'll throw it up here too you see the black and white tile so again that uh that symbolism of of duality I mentioned the yin and the yang or as above so below um so it's built right there into the structure itself and so i would love to do more at charleville and investigate that some more for sure so i found that fascinating we were doing that like right at the end again we only had so much time and it's like you know i wanted to get my rods and do this let's do it real quick and got enough time in to actually be able to show that which i think is very very cool okay so, so yeah to me that this trip the rods were actually very important then lep castle <coughs> um this this place was very very cool and it was so peaceful you know, people talk about like the bloody chapel and the elemental and and all of that stuff going on here and it's like this place could not have been any more peaceful it was just so serene and laid back and yeah I mean, this was our paranormal investigation night and you know I, you know some people did a little bit of something uh but it was just more just relaxing and enjoying it i mean yeah, like this warm light coming into the uh, the bloody chapel here, and Anne uh, Anne was up there, you know, writing in her journal for a while, and um, just yeah, it was it was such an, an amazing location. Of course, I do have a little have two videos for this one. Let's start with this one. Okay, up here in the what's known as the bloody chapel of Lep Castle. The reason why it is called the bloody chapel. Is this thing back here the obliette and yeah better not fall out the window so basically the obliette the original purpose of this was that if the castle was being raided usually where some of the most valuable items were we're inside the chapel. You had your you know, gold chalices, your your gold crosses, and and things like that. A lot of your religious items were the more valuable type of items. And so, what you would do in the event of a raid is you would toss them in here, seal it up, and really, it's almost kind of like a secret passage. We actually saw a secret passage at Charleville. Well, they told us it was there. We didn't actually get to go through it. But basically, this was a secret entranceway into a pit where those valuables were, were hidden. However, the castle wasn't always being raided. You know, it was like a every once in a while thing that would happen. In the meantime, you're ruling your area. You have your little, not really kingdom, but uh, fiefdom, for lack of a better term, I guess. 
And uh, sometimes it might be a nefarious person or, I don't know, maybe somebody that's, you didn't like. Uh, maybe somebody in the household wasn't uh, treating you nicely, whatever the deal was. And well, years ago when they were excavating this thing, they found several skeletons. So this ended up being used as a murder hole rather than the traditional uh, use of an oubliette. So that's why they call this the bloody chapel. It's also the elemental on the premises which they believe um, dates back before the castle to the time of the Druids, that the Druids would have conjured this up as a protector of the land. And after the Druids were wiped out, well, the elemental is still around, probably an Earth-type elemental. And that is said to be seen here on occasion on the premises. And so that's the story of the Bloody Chapel and, and why they call it as such. Um, and and Anna's talking about how you know Lep had been very top of the list. Yeah, for sure, uh, Lep was definitely a favorite. And uh, Sean did share his story about the fairy song he played that for us, uh, which I, I do have. I do have that recorded. So the uh, Charleville and uh, Lep day I have not yet posted to the uh, to the site for the video blog. That I believe that's the next day that we have. Um, got six days up there so far, but I do have this, you know, Lap was such an amazing, peaceful location, uh, with so many stories and it's just a wonderful castle. Um, and to top it all off, Sean's a professional musician. His daughter is a professional dancer that dances with Riverdance and she came over and Sean played for us and she danced. This was just amazing. Yeah, that was amazing just to cap off the, the trip like that. And like Jen says, it was highlight for me, trip made. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, that was really our last tour day. Um, there were a couple other smaller places that we basically, as a group, decided we weren't going to do the following day. Um, we just kind of hung around Tullamore, people shopped. Um, 
you know, a couple of us went to go sightsee and things like that, just kind of like our own relaxing day. The next day after that, um, some people flew out, others, you know, we hung around Dublin. I got sick. Um, supposed to go to Newgrange with, with Ann and Lynn there on Sunday and couldn't. I spent the entire day in bed in the hotel room. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't get to do that. Um, Ann and, and Lynn were able to, which is great. And I'm, I'm glad they had some wonderful experiences there. So definitely have to go back to Ireland. A lot more to explore because I do need to get to Newgrange. Um, and more to do at Blarney. And, and what's been great is um, our group chat is still going. And people are posting in there other locations in Ireland that they want to go to. So it's like, yeah, we're 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 feeling an Ireland reunion tour here um, at some point in the future. It'll be a good one. So, all right, that is exploring ancient Ireland. Um, we'll kind of get back to our regular scheduled program uh, next week, but I, I really wanted to uh, to kind of highlight everything that uh that happened over that it was almost a week and a half yeah like ann says here uh we became family for absolutely for sure um an amazing group an amazing time and so i do invite uh those of you to join us next time whenever we go back to ireland um in the meantime you can join us for uh for egypt <laughs> the stargates of ancient egypt coming up here in february and um, for those listening to the audio podcast later, please join us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Come join in. Three of us down here, well, I guess me included, four of us, um, you know, we're, we're a part of this tour uh, from uh, Connected Universe Portal. So uh, just an absolutely amazing time. It's wonderful to be able to share in these experiences with, with other people and um, memories that absolutely last a lifetime. So, all right, everybody, you have a great night. Till next time, if time really exists.